Hello, this is Michael Stone, the host of We Earth Radio, where we have conversations that make a difference. We're committed to bringing you leading edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, conscious evolution, and spiritual fulfillment. In our programs, we look for positive solutions to local and global issues that leave you touched, moved, and inspired to action. Our weekly guests include local and global experts and concerned citizens working together to heal the wounds that separate, alienate, and marginalize people. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to We Earth Radio. This is your host, Michael Stone. And I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'm about to start a new course on transforming stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And rather than have a guest, I thought I would be my guest this week and talk about stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. It's been challenging times the past year and before with COVID and the rate of things moving in the world. And a lot of people are experiencing stress. In fact, it may be the other pandemic is stress, anxiety, and overwhelm as the pace of change in the world continues to escalate. And we've kind of normalized it and, and uh, adapted to it. But um, I want to read you some statistics, actually. Um, in North America, about 33% of the people report feeling extreme stress. 77% of the people, this is obviously a poll, have stress that impacts their mental and physical health. 48% of people have trouble sleeping because of stress. And stress is the number one health concern of high school students. I thought found that one really interesting. 80% of people feel stress at work and global stress has increased 25 to 30% since COVID. The big one is that stress plays a part in 75 to 90% of all illness. So I think this is really an important topic to talk about. And one of the things that comes to me is that we, we use this word stress, but what do we mean when we say stress? Oh, I'm, I'm so stressed. I'm a little stressed. I just moved here two days ago. Stuff was lost, put in the wrong place, uh, coming from the Sunshine Coast. And I'm so happy to be living now here in Nelson. But there was a lot of stress. I could feel it. And yet, what does it really mean, stress? So when we use the word, in fact, we sometimes it sounds like we're competing. You know, I'm so stressed. Uh, I had to move. And then somebody else says, I'm so strict, uh, stressed. I just got my shots. And, and it's almost like a competition of, you know, who's can feel more stressed. But we have a mental concept of stress but it's really a label that hides what is going on. If you look at the dictionary, it says, stress is a mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. What does that mean? That mean that's saying that my stress is a function of the outside world and the circumstances in my life. If that were truly the definition of stress in action, we'd be doomed. 
How can you deal with anything? Well, you can hide from the world, I guess. But <clears throat> that interpretation doesn't give us any access to actually altering the circumstances or getting to the root causes of our anxiety. It's kind of like saying, I'm sick. Well, what do you mean when you're saying, I'm sick? You could have a cold, you could have COVID, you could have stage four cancer. What are we saying? And stress is like that. It's a phantom word. It obscures the underlying causes and internal issues that's behind this pandemic of stress. What we're really saying is something is too much. And well, what is too much? The definition that I like to use is stress is telling us that our current capacity is insufficient to meet the challenges and the difficulties that we're facing, currently facing. Basically, stress is resistance to what is and thinking that it should be some other way than it is. So when I talk about capacity, what do I mean by capacity? I'm talking about inner space. How much life can I actually hold? Each of us has a certain amount of interior space, capacity, and it's dictated by many factors, familial, ancestral, environmental, cultural beliefs, experiences. Many things shape the space that we have to be with the world. And what fills up the space are unexperienced events from the past. So you could say that most of us are living into the past most of the time, rather than into the future. That there are frozen parts of us, things from the past that have been suppressed, have been dissociated, have been pushed down, because we have a very intelligent nervous system that when things are too much, things get pushed down. The problem is they stay pushed down often. So when you know, we're looking at the nervous system, it really is protecting us. It's, it's part of our... Uh, natural system. You know, when you have a, a cut on your finger, for instance, your cut heals automatically. It's the same with psychological wounding and interbeing kind of wounding, as Thich Nhat Hanh calls it, that it naturally wants to heal, but it takes awareness to heal it. And these suppressed parts of our past take up a lot of energy and space. It's like frozen time and it takes a lot of energy to hold down these frozen fears and traumas and incomplete emotional experiences and upsets and divorces and all these things that have happened in our life that we haven't fully digested, that they're shaping the ways that we act in the world. And they rob us of our energy and our vitality and our essence. So we become fragmented, another way of saying stressed, overwhelmed, anxious. So how do we get out of this? Well, again, we're talking about how do we create more capacity? And the first thing that we need to do is bring awareness to our body. Now, a lot of people 
think their body, but don't feel their body. James Joyce had a wonderful short story started out and said, Mr. Duffy lived a short distance from his body. Well, I got to tell you, I grew up in the corporate world and worked in the corporate world for over 30 years. And I used to say I work with heads on sticks. The only reason they have bodies is to take their head from meeting to meeting. And there's a lot of truth in that. Some of us are more in our body than others. But often when we talk about our body, we talk about it from our mind. And so when we're wanting to bring awareness and experience our body, can we feel in our body? What are the emotions I'm feeling in the body? What are the thoughts I'm having? How are they affecting my body? Because that's our base. That's where everything is. Those of you who have been listening to my show for a while know pretty much everything I do starts with embodied something. Because I, well, that's probably from spending 40 years with Gabrielle Roth, teaching and learning the five rhythms. So the real work in dealing with stress and the real opportunity of dealing with stress is becoming more present, more aware of the stories that we tell ourselves that are running our lives and diminishing our innate capacity. So the issue that I see is that we need to pay more attention, become more aware of our interiority, of what's happening in the inner space, to be more precise, to zoom in, or what I call, I took it from word from Otto Scharmer, the word presencing. So when we can be attentive to our inner world, we can transform our experience of the outer world through our presence and our awareness. I wanna be clear, I'm not saying that something's broken. In fact, our nervous system is very intelligent. You and I are not broken and we don't need anything to, fixed, to be fixed. In fact, I don't believe for a moment in original sin. In fact, I think uh, we have all got original goodness. And if you ever look at a baby, you'd probably say, yeah, there's original goodness there. So we think that what we perceive in the world is reality, but actually reality is what we perceive. It's given to us by our separate, uh, by our <clears throat> perception. Our perception is shaped by our past. So that's what gives us our narrative or our story or our ego. And that story, for the most part, is living us because we're doing these reoccurring patterns. And these reoccurring patterns can create a great deal of stress. It's the inner experience caused by the story we make up about it that's causing this anxiety. And always it's triggered by a memory of events from the past. When I get triggered, it looks like and feels like it's happening now. It's happening with my boss. It's happening with my wife. It's happening in this situation that I'm having. But what it's really doing is reminding you and bringing up the stories from the past. And these stories, it isn't the thing that happened. For instance, in trauma work, you've heard me talk about trauma often, you know, trauma's frozen past, but it isn't the trauma that causes the freezing. 
It's the story that we make up about the trauma that causes the stress and anxiety and tension and difficulties, whatever it, that comes up. <clears throat> so the big question is, if it's about capacity and we and stress is uh, not, not, not having the capacity to meet the challenges that we've committed ourselves to in our life, then how do we increase capacity? How do we increase inner space? Because capacity is space and space comes from inner congruent congruency or alignment. In other words, my mind and my body and my emotions are in alignment. I'm not thinking one thing and I'm not doing another with my body and I'm not acting another way. My teacher Gabrielle used to say, we're, we're trizophrenic. We think one thing, we act another way and our body does another thing. And that's often true that we are not in alignment, not congruent. So when we do deep whole body listening, we create space, we create capacity. We align our physical, we feel into our body, we sense into our body. We uh, notice the emotions, but not, I distinguish often between feelings and emotions. We're not thinking the emotions, we're feeling them in our body. And we notice the capacities, we can go inside and look and we go into an inner focus. And, and with that focus, we increase our ability, our creativity, our innovation, our self-compassion, and it allows us to move through life with much greater ease and grace. So again, in stress, awareness is the healer. And presencing, bring, zooming in on what's happening in, in our interior, allows us to see hidden patterns that are automatic and that are living us. The patterns are literally living us. So presence is what helps create inner space, which allows us to recognize our patterns. And when we bring awareness to the patterns, we can discover the source. Um, and we're more able to digest and integrate these patterns when we come to, ah, yes, this reminds me, this happened, you know, and I made up this story, or I needed this soothing or nurturing or touch or hug, and I didn't get it at a certain time. So we're trying to get that. But life is happening through our body, not our head. And most of us have a diminished relationship to an awareness of this inner life, this inner world. Um, you know, life is happening through us. It's not happening to us. When we think life is happening to us, we're taking a victim stance. But when we recognize that life happens through us, then we, we can feel it. it. It literally moves energetically through our body. It doesn't get stuck in our body. It's like in martial arts, you, you see the blow coming and you take that energy from the blow and you bring it to you and move it in the direction you want. It's the same kind of thing as that using the energy. 
And our, our nervous system wants to heal, but we override it with our stories and our unexamined, un, unlooked at narrative. And, and we get caught in our reasons, our justifications and all the protective mechanisms that we've built up. So I think the thing I want you to really get here is that stress can be an amazing opportunity for awakening for healing parts of ourselves that have been frozen in the past. If we hold it in that way, we just holding it that way creates greater capacity. We think that change comes from fixing something, making it different, but change occurs when one becomes what one is in the moment rather than trying to be what we're not. So, all this fixing and all this thinking we're broken keeps us stuck in this anxious loop. But it, and it keeps us from being present and bringing the awareness, which creates again capacity. There really is nothing to fix because nothing's broken. You are already whole and complete. And there are parts of your wholeness, of your original goodness, that have been suppressed. So let's talk about energy. <clears throat> energy is movement and information. It's the river of life that runs through you. It's a gift of hundreds of thousands of years from our ancestors. You know, our ancestors have been through war and famine and the plague and burning at the stake. And over those hundreds of thousands of years, we've developed the capacity for resilience. We have that in us. It's not something out there. We have it in our body. And when we suppress our experiences, we push them down, we push them away. We don't want to see it. We don't want to be involved. Our energy gets stuck in our body. And that's what shows up as tension, stress, or, stress, or pressure. It's stuck energy in the body. And the tension diminishes our physical, mental and emotional capacities and reduces our sense of belonging. And it interrupts our soul's journey, our purpose. So, you know, meditation, contemplation, uh, walking, dance, these are all ways that we bring ourselves back into our body and allow ourselves to presence what's happening in the world, our relationship to the world. When we don't feel our emotions, we're not connected to the world. And many of us are numb to our relations, to, to our emotions. We're just numb. And emotions are the fabric of relationship. That's how we connect with the world. So, doing meditation, doing, th uh, finding stillness, contemplation, reflection. These are the ways that we reclaim our essential energy and create more inner spaciousness. And we all want an easy way, like, hey, oh, give me a pill. I just want a pill. Just, just fix it for me. Um, you know, I used to do a lot of shamanic and uh, mystical work. I still teach the way of the mystic, but 
and I would do soul retrieval work and people would come, I want a soul retrieval and think that that finding the frozen part, the frozen or dissociated soul part would suddenly heal. But no, that's when the work actually starts. You know, when you go, if you go to a shamanic practitioner and you say, I want to get a soul, soul retrieval. Well, that's great. Uh, but once that discovery is made, then is where the work goes. Then you got to work with the shadow material that keeps that piece stuck, that part of our essence, our essential self that's stuck. So there's no easy way. There's no pill. Um, in fact, for those of you who are meditators, you probably know this, but for those of you maybe starting on the meditation journey, uh, one of the things that happens when we start meditating is often more stress and anxiety comes up. Now, why is that? I sit here and I want to quiet my mind. I want to, I want to get still. And oftentimes when you start out, it's like, oh yeah, this is nice. You know, there's ponies and unicorns and stars and, and teddy bears, and it feels really good. And I'm really relaxed and I meditate a little more. And then I create a little more interior space in the stillness. And then the body says, oh, it's safe to come up. And all those old things, those woundings start to come up. They come up because they're ready to heal. They're ready to be embraced. They're ready to be loved. That's why they come up when you meditate. But a lot of times this is where people say, uh-uh, I've meditated for a month now and all of a sudden I'm, I'm worse than when I started. Well, you weren't worse. You just touched into the very things you were meditating with. So if anything, I can say, please stick with it. Meditation is a lifetime thing. It's not a pill, a fast fix, but it is its own reward. So, you know, the, it's just life's way of healing. This is the natural way of healing. When you make more space, these difficult experiences from the past will come up. And instead of trying to change something, we try to embrace them. We try to integrate them. We don't even try. We just do with awareness. It's awareness that allows us to digest the undigested parts of ourselves. So as you can tell, I'm a proponent of meditation and I'm hoping to be, uh, I often do online deep dive meditation weekends and things like that. If anybody wants to find out about a meditation weekend, uh, just write to support at welloflight.com, support at welloflight.com and ask about when the next meditation retreat is coming up. I also, while I'm giving a little plug here, starting next week, I am starting a five-week Transforming Stress, Anxiety and Overwhelm course. And you're welcome to join us again, just write to support at welloflight.com and uh, you're more than invited, uh, more than welcomed, yeah. So let's see, I don't wanna do this if people are driving, but I was thinking of maybe doing something, some kind of little meditation. Let me just put on a piece of music first and just kind of relax. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little meditation with you and then we'll, uh, we'll say something more and move on. This is Rai Kuder and Ale Farka Tore 
Talking Timbuktu.
you know, it was so nice to play some music. I think I'll play another one. This is Tangerine Thumri by Shiva Moon. Be back in a while. Thank you. 
So we've been talking about stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, and we live in crazy times, rapid change, complexity, and you know, a lot of us feel very overwhelmed and uncertain about the future. And that can make us really contract and shrink, or it can also, you know, open us. It can be a spiritual opportunity. So when we shut down, you know, we have self-doubt and we get confused and anxious. And um, when we begin to learn how to use stress as a portal for awakening, it can be quite a wonderful thing, really. And we can expand our ability to be with external circumstances in ways that allow us to expand and align, as again, I was saying, a congruency between our physical, mental, emotional, and relational capacities. So I wanted to do a little guided meditation with you. And uh, please, if you're driving, either pull over or listen to the show online. You can do that by going to welloflight.com and go to We Earth Radio. But um, let's just take a few minutes to just do a little meditation here. So um, I know that with radio, we can't have a lot of uh, no talking time, but uh, there will be some spaces here. But mostly I'll just take you on a guided meditation. So if you're sitting at home or you've pulled over, just take a moment to feel your feet on the floor and just feel your weight. Your body has weight. Just feel the sense of connection to the earth and your weight. And allow yourself to notice your breath. Just beginning by noticing your breath feeling your feet, feeling your weight. And notice the breath when you have an in-breath. Then there's a pause at the top of the breath. And then you release on the out-breath. And as you release on the out-breath, extend the out-breath, and that extended out-breath will allow you to bring more awareness into the body. So breathing in, pausing, releasing on the out-breath, and noticing how the breath affects your body as you elongate the out-breath. Hmm. And just begin to notice, starting with your feet, how they connect to the earth, how you're connected. Feeling that sensations in the feet, maybe some tingling or some numbness. Numbness is not nothing, something to be aware of. Often where we have suppressed parts of our essence. And just work your way up through the body, feeling the lower legs, the ankles, the calves, the inner body, 
the bones, the tissues, the tendons. So we just work our way up the knees and the thighs and hamstrings. And notice the flow of energy or notice the pain if you have it. We're just bringing awareness, noticing any numbness, places you don't feel, working up into the hips, the hip sockets, the pelvic floor, feel yourself on the seat, and just following our inner attention, feeling the tailbone and the spine, and just bringing awareness to the curvature of the spine. As it goes up to meet the brainstem. Again, we're wanting to have a felt sense. What's happening in my inner body? Noticing the back of the heart, the liver and the spleen and the kidneys, just bringing awareness, going in with a felt sense. Notice the lungs and the diaphragm. And if you go to the mind, just come back to the breath and use that out breath to deepen your awareness of the inner space. Notice the capacity that you have in the chest, the lungs. Does it feel tight and constricted? Or does it feel spacious and open? Is the energy flowing freely? Or does it feel restricted? Noticing the arms, upper arms, feel that flow of energy from the heart. The lower arms with working on computers, many of us feel tight tension in the arms. The hands, the messengers of the heart, feel that tingling sensation. Now everything's connected and moving. Energy is movement. And feeling the relaxing the jaw, feeling the face, relaxing the muscles around the eyes. And we're just getting embodied in our body. And just get a sense of the entire body, how everything is connected and working together. It's a whole system. And then taking another breath as we notice the emotions in the body. What's the fragrance or the feeling of the emotions? Love, compassion, joy, fear, anger, sadness, grief, shame, guilt, 
that's there. See if you can locate the emotions in the body. Emotions live in the body, not in the head. And then just allow that to go while we notice the mental activity as your mind slowed down. Are you grasping and reaching? Do you have a thought and then start adding to that thought? Just noticing. Remember, it's awareness that heals. Using the breath to still the mind, open the heart. And notice, just notice on maybe a scale of one to 10, how related do you feel? How related to yourself, to your body, to your emotions, to your family and friends, the people you work with, the world? Do you feel connected or disconnected? Do you feel a sense of belonging or kind of held back? And just noticing whatever comes up. And this is just a very short meditation. Do even shorter meditations as you go through your day and you're feeling some kind of tension or stress or upset, just stop, make three breaths, put your feet on the floor and just calm your nervous system down. It's very simple. So bringing yourself back, notice if you felt you had more capacity afterwards, more sense of spaciousness inside. Because in this work, and like I said, I have a course starting next week. If you're interested, go to support at Well of Light. But the purpose of that is to really recognize stress as an opportunity for personal and professional growth. When you learn basic grounding and breathing and meditation and movement practices. That's how we reduce stress. We're being a mystic in culture, a cultural mystic, when we do this work. We're not sitting in a cave somewhere outside of society, separate from culture, but we're actually using everything that happens in culture as an opportunity to awaken, to become more present, more conscious, more connected, and to transform or transcend stress and anxiety and overwhelm through expanding our capacity to meet the world, to meet what's happening. And it's also a great way to uh, release, well, actually embrace, which allows you to let go of 
the inner critic. And you know, that inner critic can be really, I'll tell you, sometimes my mind says things that if, if I said them to me, if I said them to someone else, I'd probably be arrested. You know, just sometimes that inner critic can be so brutal. And meditation, contemplation, prayer, movement, these are all ways that we rehabilitate our ability to be present, to be more aware, to be more connected to life and to others. So in this way, stress and anxiety become a portal or a doorway, an opening for expanded awareness and vitality, resilience, and, um, you know, just having a great life. So I could say a lot more about it, but you can also go to the website welloflight.com and find out about the upcoming course. And I think I'm going to go out with another piece of music here. It's been lovely just to kind of talk with you. I really appreciate the people who have been regular listeners. I've got a great guest for next week. Very great guest and a very powerful woman. So I hope you'll join us in talking about soil and earth. And um, I'll say more later. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for visiting thewelloflight.com. And uh, it's really great to be here uh, with you in the Kootenays. Bye for now.
Well, it's time to wind this week's show up. It's been lovely being with you today. It was fun to play a little bit of music for a change. I haven't done that for quite a while. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you want to hear any of my free online YouTube classes, just go to The Well of Light on YouTube or thewelloflight.com. And uh, there's lots of, I don't know, I think they're informative classes, free classes. And um, yeah, you might enjoy them. Check them out. If you like the show that we do, there's a lot more of them there. About 16 years worth. So again, lovely to be with you. And if I see you on the street, well, you won't know what I look like because I have a face made for radio. But say hello. If you hear my voice, I often have people come up and say, aren't you the guy on the radio? Yeah, that's me, Michael Stone. Lovely to be with you. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. We Earth Radio is an independently produced program supported by listeners like you. We are committed to bringing you leading-edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, conscious evolution, and spiritual fulfillment. If you would like to receive our complimentary newsletter, The Well of Light, make a contribution, or listen to any of our past shows, go to our website, welloflight.com. Thank you so much for your commitment to a world that works for all life.